Welcome to the Jenny Katrin Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Foresight. At Foresight, we are cultivating healthy leaders to lead thriving organizations. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Please enjoy the rest of our show. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Jenny Katrin, founder and CEO of the Foresight Group. And I'm excited to be with you today as we take a month-long deep dive into all things culture. Now, you guys know this is a subject I'm pretty passionate about, and so I'm really excited that we're going to spend a whole month really looking at what does culture mean, what does it look like, and how can we develop an extraordinary culture. But before we get to the content for today, I have some exciting news for you, or it's at least exciting to me. Foresight actually turns three years old this month. Like, I can't hardly believe it because it has been such a crazy, fast-moving three years. And uh, because we're celebrating our anniversary, we're going to give you guys some celebration tips each week, or maybe some celebration hacks. So by celebrating, we want to help you celebrate as well. See, a great way to build culture and to reinforce organizational values is to be intentional about what and how we celebrate. And so while we're working on our celebration, we want to help equip you to celebrate your team well. So today's celebration hack is what I like to call caught ya. See, oftentimes those we lead come to expect that if they hear caught ya, maybe the spirit of it, maybe not so much the words of it, but if they hear caught ya from us as leaders, it's because we've noticed something that needs to be improved, right? We're always on the lookout for how to make things better and do better. And I know I've been incredibly guilty of this as a leader. And so we're always looking for those areas where the team isn't quite hitting the mark and they need to pursue excellence in a different way. And noticing and guiding our teams through these moments is a pretty important part of our role as leaders, but it shouldn't be the only time they hear us say, caught ya. So when, we're, when we catch and affirm those we lead for faithfully pursuing goals, for living out the team values, or simply having a positive attitude in a challenging moment, we reinforce that their presence, effort, and their gifts matter. And we provide wind in their sails to encourage them to stay aligned with the mission of the organization. So we want to look for those good caught-ya moments. So whether it's an encouraging word in the moment, bragging on them to their supervisor, or even writing them a quick thank you note, be intentional to say caught ya this week and celebrate those you lead. Now, on to the big question we'll tackle together today. Does culture even matter? Right? Does culture even matter? We hear a lot about it. There's a lot of, that's a big buzzword these days in organizational life. But does it really matter and what do we do about it? And so I think it raises a lot of questions for you, or for all of us, really. So I want to take you back and tell you a story that kind of helped me recognize how significant culture was to me. Uh, Several years ago, my husband and I would frequently get into a bit of a battle. Uh, He wanted to go shop at a particular electronic store that was just like a mile down the road from our house. And anytime he would suggest that we go to the store, I would plead with him to either go without me, or that we go a few extra miles down the road to another store that I liked far better. See, I absolutely hated going to this particular store. 
It felt tired and run down. Their staff who were paid on commission followed, followed us around and asked questions and recommending products we didn't even need. And typically my husband would be off like, you know, finding something that he was interested in. And I'd be kind of aimlessly roaming the aisles, even kind of scrolling through my phone, just waiting for him to be done and totally looking annoyed and clearly not very interested in their products. And yet they were kind of hounding me. And so I didn't love going to this place at all. Everything about the experience felt pretty miserable to me. And I would have much preferred having no electronics than buying them from this particular store. And my husband was always a bit amazed at my intensity, like the intensity of my dislike for this particular place, this business. He was like, what in the world? Like, we're just going to buy some gadgets. And while um, he also preferred the other store that was a few more miles down the road, sometimes the convenience of the proximity kind of trumped it. And he just said, you know, this is efficient. Let's just go here. So why didn't I like this store? In a word, it was culture, right? It was the culture. I didn't enjoy the culture of this store. And I avoided going there at all costs. It repelled me. And consequently, I think others must have felt the same way because this particular store ended up going bankrupt. So I wasn't the only one who didn't particularly love the culture of that business. See, culture's not hard to spot. You might think of your favorite places to shop, uh, your favorite brands and products, maybe your favorite places to relax and to hang out. And odds are these products or these environments, these spaces have something in common. It's simply that they engage you. There's something about them that engages you. It could be the energy, the atmosphere, the quality, the attitudes of the people, or any combination of the above. Uh, you know, just this week, Chick-fil-A opened in my hometown, which is a big deal because the closest Chick-fil-A was about an hour and a half away. And so it has been absolute chaos. Like I've kind of steered clear because the lines have been crazy. They've been down the street and around the block and like the whole thing. And it's a reflection of the Chick-fil-A culture, isn't it? We hear so much. Chick-fil-A is one of those companies that has done a remarkable job with culture. And so when they show up, people clamor to be a part of it. See, I deeply believe that the culture of your organization matters. It matters for the people you're trying to reach. It matters for the people you're trying to lead, whether they're staff or they're volunteers. And frankly, it matters to you. Ultimately, your life is too sacred to squander in an organization that really drains the life out of you. And so that's why culture matters. The environment we create in our organizations is really either attracting or it's repelling people. And there is rarely, I would say really never a middle ground, right? We're either attracting or we're repelling and as leaders, we set the tone for the culture. And this is why I think this matters so much. And it's why I want to give disproportionate time to this subject for the next several weeks. See, as leaders, we have to own culture. We have to steward it. We have to set it and we have to maintain it. It needs to be core to what we see as our responsibility as leaders. Dr. Randy Ross, who is author of the book Relationomics, and he's been a po past podcast guest for us, he says it this way, he says this about culture. He says, a remarkable culture is a place where people believe the best in one another, want the best for one another, and expect the best from one another. Think about those three things here for a minute. A remarkable culture is a place where people believe the best in one another, want the best for one another, and expect the best for one another. Sounds like a place we want to be a part of, right? 
See, culture is some of the most important work that you will do as a leader. But oftentimes it's the thing we take a little for granted, right? Plagued by goals to achieve. We've just got stuff that needs to get done. We've got staff to manage. We've got ministries to run. We've got board members to make happy. We've got financials to reconcile. The last thing that we have time for is the proverbial fluffy stuff of leadership. And yet I think this is some of the most critical work we can do as leaders because I think we're entering an era of leadership that makes culture more important than ever. As we seek to engage the next generation, they're eager to be a part of cultures that align with their values and their beliefs. They don't want to just work to make a living. They want to work to make a difference. And I actually think this is true of all generations, but I think some of the previous generations were willing to like work in the system. And I think what we're seeing from younger generations is they're saying, I want to be a part of something with purpose and significance and values that I believe in. And so they're a little more impatient with the culture piece. They want to work to make a difference. And in today's work culture, our work and our life collide like never before. Like we can't compartmentalize it like we might have used to. And so our entire world is at our fingertips And so we're connected and we're available to one another all the time, which makes it even more critical that our culture is something we're proud to be a part of. And while there are certainly some downsides to our hyper-connectedness, this is our new reality. This is the world we're in. And as such, I think it stands to reason that if our worlds are so integrated, we better make sure that they are worlds we really want to be a part of. See, culture matters. I've worked on teams with extraordinary culture, and I've also worked on teams with pretty terrible culture, right? I was like eager to get out of there. In strong cultures, I'm motivated, I'm energized, I'm engaged, I'm fully committed, right? I am all in. But in bad cultures, I really lack motivation. I'm drained of energy, pretty disengaged, and I'm kind of looking for a way to escape, And you probably are thinking of different seasons in your own life and journey where that's been true, either positively or negatively. You can probably think of some staff members who, you know, they are motivated and they're engaged and and, um, they're fully committed. And then you also may have some staff members who lack that motivation. And it could be how they're aligning with culture is making all the difference. So culture matters. But what is it exactly? Because it's pretty intangible. It's hard to describe. It's that fluffy stuff. And it's difficult for us to put a framework around. So I think that's sometimes why we avoid it as leaders, because it's, it's difficult to kind of get some hooks and it's difficult to quantify or to measure. But see, culture is the North Star to your team's success. And while mission and vision are important and strategy is critical, without great culture, your team's going to flounder. So let me give you some definitions. Culture, by definition, is the beliefs and the customs of a particular group, a way of thinking, behaving, or working that exists in a place or an organization. So let me say that again, just to kind of let it sink in. Culture by definition is the beliefs and customs of a particular group, a way of thinking, behaving, or working that exists in a place or an organization. And so culture is your organization's DNA. It's what you're made of. Culture is what gives your organization personality, what sets it apart from other businesses or ministries like yours. And it's that, I like to say, it's that collection of nuances that make you unique, that kind of set you apart. 
or those idiosyncrasies that set you apart, those things that are maybe even a little quirky about your team or your organization. These are the things that make up your culture. So the important thing about culture is that it really shouldn't be copied from somewhere else. And I think we are uh, exceptionally like prone to this in today's world. Like we see what other businesses are doing and we, and we have all this stuff at our fingertips, right? So we can look and scroll on social media and go, oh, well, they're doing that. Well, then that must work. Oh, this company over here is doing this. So this must work. And so we, we, instead of figuring out what is true and unique about us, we just try to mimic what somebody else is doing and it falls flat. See, we shouldn't seek to reproduce another organization's culture because it's ultimately going to feel stale. It's going to feel forced. And most importantly, it's going to lack authenticity. See, culture is the personality of your organization. It's born from who you are, and therefore it needs to be true to who you are. And culture is created by the collective influence of your team. Everybody on your team is really contributing to your culture. And so you need to know who are we hiring? How are we hiring? Are we hiring them in alignment with culture? And we can talk about that some more later. But to help us further understand what culture is, here are some truths about culture, about what culture is and what it's not. And I want to just share these with you this week to get you thinking about your culture. So first, let's talk about the truths of culture. The first is that culture exists whether you've defined it or not. You have a culture. So even if you have never let those words come out of your mouth with your team, you actually do have a culture. And it's your responsibility as a leader to truly understand what your culture is, what is actually true about your culture, not just what you hope for it to be. See, there's, there's our actual culture, and then there's always our aspirational culture. And we live in that tension of what is true, what is actual about what's happening. And then typically there are some things we aspire to that we want to be stronger at, that we want to be really true of our culture. So that first truth is your recognition that culture exists whether you've defined it or not. And so your first task as a leader is to define your culture. Secondly, every person in the organization contributes to the culture. And that's part of its uniqueness, that each person is contributing, is offering their uniqueness as well to the shaping of your culture. So no same group of people exists anywhere else which is the biggest reason why every culture is unique, because it's the collective influence of the whole team. Your organization is made up of a group of unique individuals, each contributing to the culture. And that goes back to why how you hire and who you hire is so critical, because they're going to be shaping culture. Truth number three, if you're the leader, you have disproportionate influence on culture. Culture, like everything, comes from the top. And while everybody's contributing, you have disproportionate influence just because of your role as the senior leader. So whatever culture you have, good or bad, you're responsible for. So as leaders, we've got to take ownership of that. Truth number four, culture is building or eroding every day. I referenced this earlier, but culture is building or eroding every day. It's living and it's breathing. It can't really be stagnant. And so we've got to recognize that we need to be stewarding culture well. We can't ignore it. You can't put it on autopilot. It's one of your greatest stewardship responsibilities as a leader. Uh, number five, truth number five, culture is a lot more about the who and the why than the what and the how. 
Here's what I mean by that, is that typically as leaders, we race to the what and the how, the strategy, the tactics, how are we going to make it happen? Let's build, let's set those goals. Let's define the targets, et cetera. And I am, you guys know, I'm a certified strategic planner. I love that stuff. But if we focus on the what and the how, and we have not given attention to the who and the why, which is the culture piece, that strategy is going to become irrelevant. You've heard that old adage that um, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And so we've got to recognize that culture is about the who and the why, and we've got to give time and energy to it. And then finally, I want to give you uh, three things that culture is not. First, culture is not a system or an isolated initiative. Now, one particular team that I was working with a while back, they had done a big staff survey, you know, seeking to get feedback about how they were doing. And what came up was that their culture was actually pretty unhealthy. And so the senior leader got the information and then he just delegated it to the HR person and said, hey, uh, this is not so good, so fix it. And as you can imagine, not much changed because God bless the HR person who was doing her best to help lead through it. Culture comes from the top. It is a part of the whole organization. It's not a system or an isolated initiative. Uh, you, you will eventually put some systems in place to help support and reinforce your culture, but creating culture is not an episodic event. You can't do a one-time big staff rah-rah you know, event and hope that your culture is going to be fixed. Um, it's something that we must own as a leader and determine determining who we are as an organization, who we want to be, and then what that looks like lived out throughout our organization with every person who's a part of the team. So as the leader, you've got to own it. It can't be just a system or an isolated initiative that you delegate somewhere else or it's going to fall flat and it's going to be ineffective and actually could do more harm to your culture. The second thing culture is not is it isn't a bunch of perks and fun stuff. And we sometimes get this misunderstanding. We'll read, you know, um, articles or we'll hear things about big companies that have all these extra perks and the fun stuff. And while those things can contribute to culture, if you're relying on free soda and dry cleaning service to create a great culture, you'll just end up with entitled staff who take rather than give back. When I lived in California, we were just miles from Google. And so you've heard about the Google Plex that has, you know, the sleeping pods and, you know, and the free lunches and all kinds of extra perks for their staff. There's nothing wrong with that. But you also know they've, they've had some culture issues as well. And so even though they have the perks and the fun stuff and those extra things for their employees, that alone is not shaping culture. So it's not just 30-hour work weeks or Fridays off in the summer. Again, those things can contribute to culture, but on their own, they're going to fall flat. In fact, some of the greatest cultures I've experienced were also the most hardworking. And so don't, don't get discouraged, and I hear this a lot from either small businesses or ministries, nonprofits, who are like, well, we just don't have the budget to do all that stuff. Well, you don't have to have a huge budget to have a great culture. And we'll give you some more ideas and some suggestions for that in future weeks. And then finally, a great culture doesn't even mean that you love it every day. And I think this is important because at the end of the day, we're doing a job. Like there's work to be done. And sometimes by its very nature, it is hard and it is stretching and it is challenging. But overall, are we creating an environment 
that we're proud to be a part of, that we're aligned and we're working together toward a shared goal. And we're creating a culture where people really feel, feel the significance and the purpose in that. And they feel like they're doing it with people that they align with and they value and, uh, and they're finding significance in what they're doing. So I hope I'm getting your wheels turning a bit today so much. My mind's going in a zillion direction, but ultimately culture matters. And I believe this, I believe it deeply. And I truly want every leader to be leading a culture that they're proud to be a part of and that attracts and retains great team members. That's what we want as leaders, isn't it? And so here's something I want you to think about. Research tells us that a strong and healthy culture leads to greater employee engagement and more growth for your organization. And yet while 90%, 90% of leaders believe that an engagement strategy will have an impact on their success, only 25% actually have a plan. Only 25% are saying, okay, yes, this culture thing matters. And so I'm going to have a plan, right? 90% of leaders believe that it matters and will have impact on their success, but only 25% of them actually have a plan. So I'm hoping we can change that, per- that percentage a little bit. I want you to have a plan. I want you to build a culture that matters. So let me give you three questions to be thinking about today. Remember that definition of culture, that a way of thinking, behaving, or working that exists in a place or an organization? Essentially, it's saying we're talking about values, beliefs, and behaviors. If you start to think about culture, I want you to think about those values, beliefs, and behaviors. And with that in mind, I want you to think through these questions. What do we value as an organization? What do we believe? And how do we behave? And then as you think about those three questions, what do we value? What do we believe? And how do we behave? What do these things tell us about our culture? So thanks so much for taking the time out of your crazy busy schedules to listen today and ultimately to prioritize your leadership development. I'm so grateful for that. You know that I believe that we need to lead ourselves well, to lead others better. So thank you for taking a few minutes to do that. And if you want to take today's conversation and begin to put into action, you know, some of what we've talked about in your context We have a free culture workbook that'll help you do that. And so you can simply text Foresight, that's the number four, and the word SIGHT, S-I-G-H-T, to this number, 773-770-4377, and we'll give you this free download. So you're going to text Foresight, the the number four, the word SIGHT, four, S-I-G-H-T, to 773-770-4377. 4377 and you'll get that workbook. In addition, you'll receive our weekly leadership insights where we continue to help you on your leadership journey, helping you become a thriving leader. You guys know my passion is to cultivate healthy leaders, to lead thriving organizations, and our mission at Foresight is to equip you with the foresight for success. So keep leading well, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Jenny Katrin Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions, please email Jenny at podcast at get the number four site.com. If this content has helped you in any way, we would love for you to share this podcast with your friends and on social networks. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing content coming from the Jenny Katrin Leadership Podcast. 
Your comments mean the world to us, so please rate and leave comments on our podcast. And remember, you need foresight for success. We will see you next time.